It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, on a day that resembles the Thunder's old home of Seattle more than it does maybe anything here in Oklahoma City, I am your gracious and humble host, Derek G, and yes, it is quite the uh, perfect day to uh, bust out some old Alice in Chains or... Nirvana or Soundgarden, if that is what you're into, which, which I am. Pretty much anything with uh, guitars is what I'm into. But uh, cold, wet, rainy, and wherever you are, I hope you are nice and warm and toasty. And there is a lot of branches on the old thunder tree today as we talk about the historic game between the San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder, or in a way, the historic loss, the 154-147 loss to the San Antonio Spurs the other night. Plus, we will look ahead to tonight's game with the San Antonio Spurs. And because the Thunder play on Saturday, we will, I promise we will do a Sunday podcast uh, sometime on Sunday night. So if you feel like you missed one this week, we will give you an extra one coming up on Sunday night after the uh, San Antonio Spurs game. But uh, we're going to talk in segment number one about all the historic little things that happen, but ultimately there's a bigger picture with the Oklahoma City Thunder here. And I don't want to panic anyone, but the Thunder are on a three-game losing streak. So we'll have to discuss that and what the Thunder need to do to correct it. Also, Terrence Ferguson exploded last night for the Oklahoma City Thunder, or exploded Thursday night for the Oklahoma City Thunder offensively. But Billy Donovan said something after the game that he has stressed all season long. We'll tell you what it is, why he keeps reiterating it, and what it may mean for somebody else on the Oklahoma City Thunder team. Steven Adams says that he wants his time off from the All-Star game, but I'll tell you why he won't mind going to the All-Star game this year, and it's not just simply for bonuses that he would get in his contract. And one college coach thinks that Kevin Durant is the major problem with recruiting. I will tell you why he's wrong, even though I can't stand Kevin Durant. And anything that you can blame on Kevin Durant, I'm all for. But Manny Diaz is just a little bit off on this. And I'll explain exactly why athletes do what they do. Or at least what I've been told why athletes do what they do. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and News Radio 1000 KTOK. I am a credentialed member of the media and have been lucky enough to cover the Thunder for five seasons. If you like what you hear, there's a few ways to get this podcast. One, via your new smart speaker, be it Alexa or Google. Just say, Alexa, play the Locked on Thunder podcast. Or, hey, Google. Play the Locked on Thunder podcast. There's also LockedOnPodcast.com, LockedOnThunder.com, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So thinking back to the Oklahoma City Thunder's historic loss to the San Antonio Spurs on Thursday night, if you've got that game on your DVR, 
it's worth keeping on your DVR because there was a lot that happened in that game from a history standpoint. Maybe the most significant thing, the most significant thing that happened in that game history standpoint was seeing Greg Popovich pass Jerry Sloan on the all-time wins list. And why that's important to me is because Greg Popovich might just go down in history as the most respected coach in the NBA who's not named Red Arbach. I don't know of any coach in NBA history that is more revered, or at least in modern history, that's more revered than Popovich. And that includes Phil Jackson. Because when you hear the media or you hear players speak about Greg Popovich, there is this awe in their voice where Pop is just, even Steven Adams. Steven Adams has always been very impressed with the way that the San Antonio Spurs go about handling their business and how they run their offense. And that was the team that he really wanted to play for during his time growing up and during his time at Pitt. And to see Greg Popovich mount this level of consistency, which I didn't think was possible in modern sports, not just the NBA, but modern sports, period, with free agency and everything else, and the San Antonio Spurs team, and I know I'm talking a lot about them right now, this is the first time I've really looked at the Spurs and said, who the hell are these guys? Yeah, I know LaMarcus Aldridge. I know Pal Gasol and, uh, Gasol and Patty Mills. And I get that DeRozan's there, but I mean, it, it just, it, it feels like such a new team without the old Star Wars there, stalwarts there. And yet they're right there in the mix of the playoffs. They gave the Thunder absolute hell on Thursday night. And you just know that if he can just constantly keep plugging and playing, there's never really been a coach to succeed at that level. Um, I still would would take Rick Carlisle over him because I think Rick Carlisle is a miracle worker because the dude just never really seems to have that great of a roster in Dallas. But man, what Pop is doing, um, I it, it's hard. It, it's really hard not to praise him. Um, and yeah, I mean, he may pop you every once in a while in a media scrum, but you, I mean, dude, if you're a reporter and you're really good at your job, then game respects game. And certainly it's, it's easy to respect what Greg Popovich is doing. There's LaMarcus Aldridge's 56 points, which yes, it was annoying and at the expense of the thunder, but I don't know about you, but when guys have those kind of nights in the NBA, whether it's against the thunder or not, I'm just like, dude, up top. And I want to go back and watch it again. Russell Westbrook's night with the 24 assist. Um, just proving once again that Russell Westbrook is one of the best players in the NBA. And he's one of the most underappreciated players in the NBA, if that's possible. Or at least underappreciated is probably not the right word. More criticized players in the NBA. And Russell Westbrook, again, had one of those nights where... If he really wanted to, after the game, he could look at his critics and say, I don't know what more you want me to do. I am doing everything you want me to do. And yet, you're still not talking about me for MVP, and you're still saying that there's flaws in my game. But there were no flaws in his game against San Antonio, um, Terrence Ferguson's night, so forth and so on. It was just so incredibly amazing that Sunday after the Patriots play, and right before we do another podcast on Sunday, I'm going to go back and rewatch that game. I started rewatching it today, but double overtime, staying up late, it was worth every single minute of it. And I know that 
It, it, all that being said, the Thunder are still on a three-game losing streak. They are still four and six in their last ten. And it's something that desperately has to be corrected and be corrected soon for Oklahoma City. They're three and a half back now in first. And there are a couple of games back now of the Golden State Warriors. And we like to talk so much about how difficult the Western Conference is in the NBA. The Thunder have as good a record as the Boston Celtics. And the Celtics are fifth now in the East. Um... The 76ers have a record as a record better than the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that's good enough for fourth in the East. Um, make of make of that what make of that what you want to, but I would like to see more consistency out of the Thunder. That is that is the biggest thing that's just, just gnawing at me. Whether whether there's still two games above 500 on the road, even with that loss, they still got a winning home record, but. It, part of what happened last year and the year before that with Oklahoma City is you just saw a team that was streaky. And what I want is a team that's going to be more consistent, a team that's going to rip off 10, 12 wins in a row more often than not. And not. And if you're going to go on a losing streak, I don't want to see it more of two games. But right now the Thunder are in a three-game losing streak. But good thing is, Coming back home tonight, we don't know what Steven Adams' status is for the game. Looked at the game notes, they were old. I would think that he is day-to-day at best. Um, and if, if he goes, he needs Steven Adams needs to be out there because if he's not out there, San Antonio is just going to kill Oklahoma City in the paint. But you got to have Steven Adams out there tonight if you want any chance to win. The other great thing is that Again, it simulates what the playoffs are. And that felt, again, the, the Thunder have felt like the, the last few games they've played have all had a little bit of this, this playoff atmosphere about them. And tonight, I would think that the crowd in Oklahoma City is going to be at a fever pitch. It'll be the loudest crowd that you hear all year long in Oklahoma City or have heard all year long in Oklahoma City. Those guys should be ready to play and upset about the loss. And I would think you're in for another good physical game. And speaking of physical games, means we're probably going to see a lot of fouls again. Oklahoma City still got to get better from the free throw line. Um, I did not like the way that the game was officiated. I thought there were too many starts and stops. I don't know how much it really affected the game. However, where I disagree with a lot of people, that technical foul on Paul George, I was quite all right with. And there were a lot of people that were mad. It's like, how are you going to call a tech at that time in the game? Well, for one, I want Paul George and Russell Westbrook both to quit yipping at the refs. Because you start racking up the you start racking up the technical fouls and you get 16 in the NBA, you're on the bench for an entire game. You are done. I want Paul George to do that. I also believe that if Paul George and Russell Westbrook quit complaining to the refs, you start to get some of those veteran calls that you see other NBA players get because what the refs think is that you have a healthy respect for them, they have a healthy respect for you, and if you're going to be constantly critical of them, whether it's on the court or whether it's in the media, they're going to ding you every opportunity that they get. Paul George has to know this. That's not a problem with the refs. It's a problem with Paul George not being smarter in that particular moment. Get mad at the refs all you want. But Paul George has got to know that he has been so critical of them all year long that if they're going to hit him, that's just what's going to happen and he's going to have to live with the consequences. But I, I keep thinking the more that 
he and Russ get teched eventually that they wake up and stop stop that habit of being critical of the rest when they feel like they get fouled and don't get called. Now, apparently that they haven't learned it. And, and, and what, what you do in that case is real simple. A, quit being critical of them on the floor. B, both guys have been smart about not being critical of them in the media because you don't want to get fined. And let your coach handle it. Let Billy Donovan say what he needs to say, either underhanded or otherwise. And if anybody's going to get fined, let your coach get fined for it, not you. And if your coach says it, if your coach says it, I, it almost seems like that wakes up the NBA. It's like, hey, their coach kind of feels this way. Maybe you go back and you look at the tape a little bit more and go, okay, well, yeah, yeah, maybe we are calling these guys a little bit tight. But if you're not complaining as a player then eventually they will have that mutual respect. I'm not really sure why it works that way. It just works that way in the association. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up in segment number two, Billy Donovan reiterated why Terrence Ferguson is in the lineup, but why Andre Robertson needs to seriously be worried. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you very much for listening today. Locked on Thunder, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. So is Locked on Sooners, both very easy to hear via your smart speaker. Just say, hey, Google, play Locked on Thunder Podcast or Alexa, play Locked on Thunder Podcast. And it's right there. You can also say, hey, Google, play Locked on Sooners Podcast or Alexa, play Locked on Sooners Podcast and available at LockedOnPodcast.com, Apple iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify, the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Terrence Ferguson, tremendous game against the San Antonio Spurs from an offensive end, but as Billy Donovan reiterated after the game, Terrence Ferguson is in there for defensive purposes. We have been so enamored here in Oklahoma City, or lack thereof being enamored with Andre Robertson's offensive game, that anytime we see somebody go off, we just automatically assume that they're more valuable than Andre Robertson. We, we saw it with Corey Brewer last year when Corey Brewer proved that he could score with more consistency than Andre Robertson. There were so many tweets, oh, look at what he gives the Thunder that Andre Robertson doesn't. And now Terrence Ferguson has a night like that. Then all of a sudden we fall in love with Terrence Ferguson and we start wondering about whether or not Andre Robertson should be worried. And while Andre Robertson should not have been worried about a guy like Corey Brewer who was simply in there as a stopgap. And if you followed the Thunder pattern, you knew he was a stopgap last year. This is why Andre Robertson should be worried this year. One, Terrence Ferguson is not a stopgap player. This guy was drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. He is a he is a first-round draft pick. And 
he is proving not only night after night he can go out and play defense. And remember, he's still in year two. So if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder and you're looking at Terrence Ferguson and you like the way he plays defense, the only thing you can think, the only conclusion you can draw, even though it's not 100% solidified, is that he's going to continue to get better every single year. So, all right, we drafted this guy, we've taken a chance on him, we've had him, we're developing him. And he can give us that defense that Andre does. And, and unlike Andre, he hasn't been hurt. And I, first of all, I will tell you, I'm, I am becoming more convinced by the day that we're not seeing Andre Robertson this year. That, that it's just not going to happen. And while the Thunder defense suffered last year, it's not suffering this year. And he's cheaper than Andre Robertson. Andre Robertson still has um, the rest of this year and next year on his contract. Andre Robertson now, an expiring contract, becomes a little bit more attractive to some other teams in the NBA. However, the trade value with Andre Robertson is the trade value with Andre Robertson's a little sketchy. Because if I'm trading for him, especially if he hasn't trade if he hasn't played all year long, then I'm not really sure what I'm getting. I don't know how healthy he's getting, so I'm not really going to offer you what I might offer you had I been getting a healthy Andre Robertson, who, again, I value the skill set of him being able to play defense. But we know that Andre's not going to go off and really hasn't had that many great offensive games until you go back to that Western Conference Finals with Golden State. So now not only do I have a guy that I like his defense, think it's going to improve, he's a younger guy, he hasn't been banged up, but he's going to have nights like that that Andre won't. And we saw Russ make passes to, to, to Ferguson when he was open and let him get hot. And that's not going to be the norm. Okay, that's not going to be the norm for Ferguson. However, again, second-year player, there has to be the belief that you can make him more consistent on the offensive end. If I'm Andre Robertson, yes, I'm seriously doing everything I can to get back now and get on the court because I am worried about what my spot is here with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's not overreaction. That's just that's looking at a much bigger sample size with Terrence Ferguson that the more he keeps improving, the more you have to wonder about the money situation and the health of Andre Robertson and just where he fits with this Oklahoma City Thunder ball club. Steven Adams, let's talk about him for a second. He's telling Royce Young that uh, he likes his time off. And he doesn't really want to go to the All-Star game. True, and with with what happened the other night with Steven Adams, him getting hurt and coming back, which is, again, another reason why you solidify this game on your DVR and keep it there for a while. If I am Steven Adams, I still want to make at least one trip to the All-Star game. It's one of, the, it's one of those bucket list things you have to do as a player and cross off. If for no other reason, yes, there 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 is the bonus and all the added incentive and one, the fans voted you in. That means the fans want to see you. That's the that's the coolest thing about the All-Star Game is you, the fans, get to vote and you get to pick who you want to see. Whether they're good, bad, whether they're bench players or whether they're starters, you get to pick the people you want to see. Fans want to see Steven Adams. And knowing Steven Adams being the gracious guy that he is towards the fans, you go and you say thank you by playing. The other thing is, it's just 
the mix and mingling and getting the opportunity to be in that atmosphere around all the other players in the NBA, getting an opportunity to talk to guys that you don't always get a chance to talk to who might be in another conference or who might be on um, who might be on another team that you don't play as often, you get a chance to see them and you get a chance to just kind of go and experience just this this big thing you get to be you get to see the skills competition if you just do it once i think every player would want to cross that off their list and really honestly when we start thinking about the all-star games because my personal feeling on all all-star games is that they have outlived their usefulness if i'm an owner of of any team um whether it's hockey major league baseball or um nba and we'll just because the Pro Bowl is, doesn't even figure into this conversation. If you're going to have that midseason break, I would rather have my guys taking a few days off, getting rested, and getting ready for the second half of the season for a playoff run, especially if they've been banged up. But I understand how this sells the sport. Um, for Major League Baseball, it was a valued game for a long time, but since there really is no hate between the National League and the American League anymore and you have interleague play, it's really stripped that down. And the NBA, there's no defense being played except for the exception of the last few minutes. I think people would just be happy watching the home run derby and the dunk contest and the three-point contest, and then you wouldn't even have to play the game. But that's not going to happen. I don't look forward to the All-Star games anymore. I still look forward to the skill competitions, but beyond that... Uh, They're just not as much fun to watch as they used to be. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. We will wrap things up next, and I'll tell you why, even though I love to blame things on Kevin Durant, why one college coach is wrong about what he's saying about Kevin Durant. That's next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. The easiest way to listen to this podcast or any of the podcasts from the Locked on Podcast Network is just go to your smart speaker and say, hey, Google, play Locked on Thunder podcast or Alexa, play Locked on Sooners podcast. Yeah, I like to to mention the ones that I do. This weekend, it would be Google. Hey, Google, play the Locked on Patriots podcast. Alexa, play the Locked on Colts podcast. It's all right there, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We do our best to make sure that you have this podcast at your convenience whenever you want, wherever you want. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Manny Diaz gets the job at Miami. The University of Miami is their head coach. And he is blaming Kevin Durant for recruits not wanting to go to programs where they have to build for three or four years and may not have an opportunity to go to a bowl game 
let alone compete for a national championship. Well, Manny, you're wrong. First of all, college football has always been that way. But this isn't a Kevin Durant problem because essentially what Manny Diaz tried to say was Kevin Durant was up three games to one on the Golden State Warriors and he didn't get the job done, so he left to go and he just took the easy way out and teenagers are just following his example. Wrong. Completely wrong. The truth of the matter is, is it's our fault as fans, as members of the media. We have bestowed the greatness crown on players by whether or not they win championships. We automatically assume that somebody is one of the best or a better player in a particular conversation based on how many championships they win, based on if they won a championship, without necessarily stripping it down and looking at analytics and looking at skill set and looking at things that really can give us a better judge of what a player is. We love to go for the low-hanging fruit. And if that is ultimately how you are going to be judged as one of the greatest players of all time, and that's what you truly desire, then you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that that happens. And for, 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 for ripping Kevin, first of all, I love you, Manny Diaz, for ripping Kevin Durant. There's, nothing, there's, no, there's no guy I love ripping more in sports than Kevin Durant. But if you were going to blame someone and you were going to go that route, you probably should have gone LeBron James. But considering the fact you're the coach at Miami, you would be ripping on the Heat and you might piss off the Heat fans. So I understand why you didn't do it. That that would have been just a a bad PR move on on your point. If you want to blame anyone, blame us. And essentially, even though I know a kid may want to go to a program Oh, let's see. Let's let's pick just a, a dreadful college football program right now. Um, Arizona comes comes to mind. So yeah, let's say a kid goes to Arizona versus choosing to go to Washington or USC in the Pac-12 or or in the Big 12. I guess it would be Kansas. Um, I didn't want to use Kansas because they use them in the in in the argument. Well, yeah, if I'm a five star recruit, and I can go to OU and play for for championships. And it's going to help me get in the NFL a lot quicker than than going to Kansas. Even though building something I might take pride in, I'm not seeing the fruits of my labor. Yeah, I'm going to choose to go to OU when I'm an 18-year-old kid. But, hey, that's the NFL draft. There's so much into that that I just, I, I thought Manny Diaz could have done a much better job of, of drawing a conclusion there as to why he was going to have trouble recruiting at Temple and then decided to go to Miami. Yeah, look, I love to rip Kevin Durant, but dude, you're off on this one. It's not Kevin Durant's fault. It's our fault because we put the ultimate stamp on guys if they win a championship. And that's why I'll always say when judging players, championships are completely overrated. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. That does it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow and until tomorrow. May God bless you and your family. Be excellent to each other. Everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.